right. Today we're going to kick off and we're going to talk about something. I think this is a little bit taboo, really. We're going to talk about hiding behind macros. I get excited about talking about taboo things. I was like, this feels like really rebellious because macros are macros are like the, the it girl. It's like the thing everybody and their brother is, is selling tracking macros. And that's not, not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because macros are very evidence-based. It's a very, it's a, it's a very just informed way to move through body recomposition, whether that's weight loss or muscle gain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, you know, I don't hate that a lot of people are using that versus just, you know, eliminating whole food groups or restriction and things like that. Just like, you know, arbitrarily being like, can I hit like a super low number? But, you know, that being said, when we look at the purpose of macro tracking and when I talk about macros with my, with my clients, the thing is that a lot of people have moved away from is what macros actually are. Macros are not this arbitrary number that we need to hit or not hit, or, you know, this puzzle that we need to put together, like macro Tetris, which I've been super guilty of, of, (laughs) you know, referring to macros as like Tetris, like how can we fit everything together? Macros literally just are the things that our body needs in large quantities, protein, carbs, and fats. So I love the fact in a, and especially in, you know, a weight loss industry where they are so hyper-focused on villainizing specific food groups, whether it just, you know, it depends on how the wind's blowing, whether, you know, fats are the devil or carbs are the devil, how it does blend and say like, okay, we need all three of these things, but what are we missing out on by hyper-focusing on making sure we hit, you know, a specific number here, a specific number here, and a specific number here. Oh, so good, Natalie. There's so many things I want to say. So first I want to say that macros was an absolute game changer for me personally. I want to start with that because I think that that's a really important piece to my story, a piece to the puzzle. However, like you've mentioned here, a lot of people take that as the holy grail and that there's like nothing else to worry about as long as you are hitting your macros, as long as it fits your macros, right? Like those kinds of sayings. Oh yeah. And I remember, I think- For me, I'm very like data driven, right? And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people like to see the numbers. So for me, it was like, I have these three numbers to hit. I will do everything in my power to hit them, right? Right. And a lot of analytical- Regardless of anything else. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of people become really obsessed with this. So if you're somebody who's like a data analytical kind of person, this might be something that you really latch on to. And I know that that was true for me. But here's what I realized over the years is that- macros is giving you this form of perceived control, right? Mm -hmm. You think that you have this control because you are able to hit these numbers consistently, or, or you're trying to hit these numbers and that can become a really dangerous place to be in when it comes to your health, right? Because numbers are only one part of the equation. Macros is the really, like you said, it's like, obviously macro means big, right? It's the three big things, but there are things that we ignore from our body. And I know that I was so guilty of this, that our body's communicating with us, but we're ignoring because we're just focused on the numbers. Right. And we have this tendency, I believe, because we are focused on the scale, which is a number, right? We've been driven by these numbers and allowed those things to influence the decisions that we make. 
And so we just ignore the body and we ignore the things that it might be communicating with us and what's kind of underneath the hood. So yeah, it's really interesting because it's, I think a couple of things, your body is speaking to you, right? In multiple ways, we're ignoring it, but it's also like taking the fun out of food. I feel like we start to lose the joy of eating and food because we're so focused on, well, this is easy to track. So I'm just going to have chicken, broccoli, and rice versus like this casserole dish that I really want to make. I really want to try and eat with my family, but I won't because then I can't track the macros. Right. Right. So that's a big thing that I see. I think the, the biggest aha for me, and it came through speaking with one of my one-on-one clients. And then I was like, oh yeah, no, I definitely have been there as, as well was a conversation that I was having with a client about how she felt that she was having to stuff herself in order to hit her macros. Now I want to be like crystal clear that there are instances when we do reverse diets and, and, and things like that, where we typically are essentially eating past fullness because, or past satisfaction really, because we, we have an intention to, to, to like refuel the body and, and, and our metabolism is adapted and we've been eating super low calories. So that does happen. That was not the situation with this particular client, but what she was sharing with me is that she had to eat X, Y, and Z in order to hit her macros. And I was like, wait a minute, tell me more about hunger. And she was sharing, you know, I plan this for breakfast, this for lunch, snacks and dinner, et cetera, based off of these numbers, which is actually what we're taught. It was actually what I've taught people to do Mm -hmm. um, as far as macros. And it's definitely something that I've personally done. And so what I was discovering through this interaction with her is that we were never even giving any consideration to whether or not we were hungry. Mm-hmm. It was, I've planned this, I've pre-tracked this perfect macro tracking student, and now mm-hmm. I need to eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we, we got to discussing things. And then I was having more open conversations with other clients who were saying, you know, I don't eat a lot during my working hours. And then I come home and I'm absolutely starving. And then I need to hit all these macro numbers. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so we're, we're like not eating for half of the day. And then we just need to come home and eat all the things in order to he, he, to hit these numbers and just really bypassing the for better or worse, the basics. So eating slowly, eating only when hungry, stopping when full, all the things that are, are important for our health, not just for weight loss or anything like that. And so I, you know, if, if it fits your macros is like a great example and not to, you know, trash a certain philosophy, but you know, the whole premise behind that is you can have whatever you want if it fits your macros. And while I don't think either one of us believe in, in restriction and things like that, this is literally saying have this process, whatever, if it fits your macros. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much danger. I think that comes along with this. And I think it's just because like anything else in this industry, it just becomes like polarizing and it becomes this thing that we need to do this specific way and this order where honestly you can take the bare minimum of macro tracking which is essentially teaching you how to eat a balanced meal right that's the main thing that we want to be able to take away from macro tracking is protein fats carbohydrates how do they make a balanced meal and also i think that it comes back to being able to have more awareness around the foods that are going into your body. So I think that those are like the two most tangible things that I love for clients to walk away with macro tracking. So now when I do macro tracking with a client, I'm very clear upfront about like, 
let's be paying attention to hunger cues as well, right? Because that's the stuff that I was not taught when I learned macros. It was just like, hit these numbers or you're going to feel guilty for the rest of the day, right? That's that's how it felt for me. There's a lot of guilt associated with that, a lot of shame that came along with that personally. And I've seen this with clients as well. So I think you're totally right that it's just about being able to take what what is applicable or what we can actually, what the point of this is, <laughs> Yeah, include foods that you enjoy, right? But also not eat like trash because that's also not good for your body. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, going back to the, the intention behind why, why, why we're doing things like, are we tracking macros just specifically to change our body composition? And what's the end goal I was sharing with a newer client, you know, yesterday she was really frustrated because she's used macros for a really long time and she's been really, really successful with it. But as far as, you know, maintaining her health, she's never experienced success with that. And I, I feel like, unfortunately, this can be really, really common because mm-hmm. again, I, I, I want to be clear, tracking macros is really effective. It's been really effective for me. It's been really effective for many of my clients. But unless if we're using it to bypass some of these things that are important for maintenance, important for health and important for balance, then we're really doing us a, a strong disservice. And it actually, oh, I'm going to say it becomes no different than a restrictive fad diet that you can't sustain or maintain because you didn't mm-hmm. learn anything along the way. Yep. Right. Like where does hitting some random protein number provide value or benefit for your long-term big picture? And for yep. some of you that are like, you know, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a power lifter, maybe it does. But I would dare say for the average person, these random numbers for the long term, like what do you want to experience? Yeah, you probably want to look good in your jeans, same. But you also want energy. You also want quality of sleep. You, you know, like so many women, because I work with women with hormonal issues, they want to have a sex drive again. Like all of these things, your random macro numbers that a random calculator on the internet gave you are not what's going to provide value in those areas of your life. Totally. Totally. And that's another thing, right? A lot of people get these macros through a calculator, which does not take you into account, right? It just takes some basic preliminary data about you and your body, but it doesn't take into account anything that might be surrounding that, right? Like we can only guesstimate so much. And so this is the power of working with someone individually to be able to kind of come up with that and to be able to like macros are not set in stone, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to identify once you're assigned macros via a calculator or a coach, like how do I feel with this amount of food? Do I feel like I still am lacking energy? Yeah, Yeah. Like maybe it's time to add some more food in or something like that. Right. So being able to, I think some, I've, I've seen it this way, like people who start tracking macros and they're just like, oh, this has been my macros for like three years. I'm like, oh God, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. (laughs) Your energy needs change on a daily basis, right? Like there should be some fluctuation and changes occurring. Right. And so if you've been tracking macros, nothing has changed for you over the past couple of years, like that means that your macros need to change as well. Need to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's another really good point. Especially when people, you know, I see this all the time. Like I bought a one-time macro count. I was like, when was that? (laughs) You know, a long time ago, what's, what's happened? Well, I've had two kids and, you know, all these other things. And, you know, it, when we, when we get these numbers, it really does become a fixation on like, these are my numbers. And this has also been true for me. So I'm, I'm throwing myself under the bus here. It also becomes a part of our identity, right? Like this is, 
this is this, this is who who I am. I am these numbers. I am this number on the scale. This is my height. This is, you know, the the number of calories I can have per day. This is the number of like X, Y, and Z with never taking into consideration anything else. And then people are shocked when, yes, you may lose some weight. Yes, you may do X, Y, and Z, but you still feel like trash. Totally. Yep. And never mind the fact that I, I just thought of a client scenario where she was sharing with me how she was going out to a restaurant to eat with friends and they didn't actually know where they were going. And previously she would look up the menus before they went so that she could plan out the rest of her day, which this is a great strategy. I've taught clients this strategy as well. And I do this to a certain extent in my own eating, right? Like without tracking, I'm still paying attention. Like, okay. Yeah. If I had like a super carby breakfast, like, okay, I'm going to be mindful of what I'm eating for lunch and make sure I get some vegetables in, you know, like I'm still doing that. And that's what macros has taught me, right? Those are the kind of like things that you bring along with you. But anyway, she was really concerned about like not knowing what she was going to have at this place. And I encouraged her, you know, I said, well, there's like one of two choices. You could like have them pick a restaurant. So, you know, ahead of time and you can pick it, or you could just go and order something that you enjoy (laughs) and pay attention to your hunger cues, Mm -hmm. mindfully eat throughout the process, eat until you're satisfied and then stop eating when you feel full. Right. And it's just like, that's the basics. Right. And I think that you can do all of this simultaneously. Right. So if you are someone who is currently tracking macros, keep tracking macros if that works for you. But we want to start paying attention to also how our body is responding. We want to know how's our body feeling? How are we feeling in terms of our hunger? Are we eating just to hit these numbers or are we eating because we're actually hungry? Right. So there's so much more that comes along with this that I think can be really helpful and a really holistic process, right? I think that we've put it as a, it's in its own silo now, right? And it's all by itself, but it's not, it's supposed to be integrated with the rest of your health journey. And also really recognizing why you're making the choices that you're making around food, I think is important because while like arguably regardless of tracking macros or regardless of like, you know, utilizing the balanced plate method, our, our plate should be balanced. And that, and that's what macros really is about me. It, it is about for me is really understanding that balance, but then it becomes this thing. Well, okay. You know, some foods have more than one macronutrient <laughs> and then yeah. and people just get really hung up on, you know, what, what's available to me. And then I see people just making choices that are probably not in the best interest of their health and, you know, defaulting to packaged foods, which there's nothing inherently wrong with or super processed foods, which again, there's nothing inherently wrong with, but bypassing some of these other things that would be delicious. They would be satisfying and would work, would have more health benefits for them and their journey. But we're in avoidance of those, because again, it goes back to like, what's easiest to track one. And number two, is this going to actually hit my number. And if the answer is no, then we just, we just choose something totally different. So rather than, you know, as we're, as we've been talking about like hunger and things like that, we're tuning outside of our body to make our choices rather than listening to our body and making more informed choices that, that align with our health as well as, you know, our personal preferences along like, like, what do you like to eat? I tell people all the time, there was this period. And by the way, 
Uh, salmon is not super macro friendly either because it's protein and really high fat, but there's a period of time when it was like, you know, salmon is, is just really good for you and you should have it at least once a week. And I tried to force myself to eat salmon once a week. I hate salmon. I hate it. <laughs> and I will always go back to that. Like this was a really long time period, like six plus months of trying to eat this, this thing I hate preparing it all the ways once a week. And that's, you know, for better or worse, what I see a lot of clients like informing their grocery list and then having to eat meals separate from their children. That's another thing. Mm, Yeah. There were just foods that I remembered not eating because they weren't deemed macro friendly. Right. Right. And that was a really big mindset shift for me when I started to shift into and realizing, let me share a story because I think stories always really just tie things together. And this is like partially embarrassing to admit, but there was a time when I first started tracking macros and it was like, I either got to have my dessert that I wanted after dinner, or I would have this apple for lunch, like with my lunch or something, which I also loved. But since apples are pretty high in carbs, like it was a matter of like, do I eat the apple or do I not? And the more that I look back at that, I'm like, but the nutrients in the apple and all the good things that come along with that, right? Like, so I was really very focused on like, what is best for macros, not what is best for my health and to shift into that space though. And to find like that freedom again was so beautiful. It was so helpful for me to be able to understand like, and put an emphasis and a focus on I still care about making a balanced meal, but I'm going to add avocado because there's lots of nutrients in avocado. Right. So it's like, that's something though I would have avoided previously because it was like, oh, well, I want to eat my fats through peanut butter. (laughs) Yeah. And I've, I've had many a client, you know, send me a message and they're like, you know, this is what I brought for snack. And then I realized that it's going to ruin my dinner. I'm like, so is, is it going to ruin your dinner because you're not going to want your dinner? I'm confused as to how this is ruining your dinner. And so it's just interesting um, the different like ways that this pops up in our head. And the thing that I want to cost you, and again, clarity, nuances, everything. Like I have clients that are actively tracking macros right now. There's nothing wrong with macro tracking. It's literally, this is a mindset thing, but you know, just just watching clients spend so much mental energy and mental anguish around, can I have this? Mm. And what's this going to do to my numbers for, for the day? And, and, and being able to check in with where is your tool for health actually causing disordered eating behaviors Totally. of, I can't have this. I have to have this and taking your autonomy out of it, your power to choose like what's best for your health, what's best for how you like to eat, how you, how you like to, to prepare food, right? This shows up a lot in my clients who, you know, food is a part of their culture and things like that. I've literally done multiple consultations with people that were like, you know, I've done consultations with macro coaches and they've told me that it wasn't going to work for me because the foods that I eat as an important part of my culture, aren't going to fit into this. And that's just not true. That's just not true. Like if we're using macros as they're intended to do as what is the evidence-based approach, which is understanding our body needs, protein, carbs, and fats, all food groups, then it becomes a different story. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, there are just many disordered patterns that can come from this. If we're not smart about it, right. It can still be done. You just have to be very intentional as to how you utilize the tool. Even for myself recently, I attempted to start tracking my macros again, kind of out of curiosity also for the purpose of 
going through a mini cut or a diet. And it just got to this point where I was like, oh, this is more time spent on my phone. And I have to like be really meticulous and put everything in this app. And it just got so irritating extremely quickly. So like something that once worked for me and I saw a lot of success with, and again, something that was very beneficial and transformational for me is just not in anymore. And I even felt a lot of the like disorder tendencies start coming back. Like it was influencing the choices I was making, or it was influencing like my husband and I love to do pizza night on Fridays. And I was like, oh, but this is going to be like pinging the butt to track it. Like we make homemade pizzas. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll just skip a couple of weeks. But then like, that's a really fun thing that we do together with our family. And so I was like, all right, this is just like not the season for this. It's just not working. And I think that knowing that it is a tool and it's meant to be temporary, right? You can do it for as long as you'd like. But I also think that it's not really realistic to be doing it for the rest of your life unless you choose to, unless you really want to. That's fine. So I think having that understanding of the different seasons and how that can kind of play a role in your journey, but also having other tools, right? And tools that are inside of you and your body, right? I think that's the most important component. And I I think the important thing to like really emphasize there is the idea of tools. And, you know, I'm not a carpenter. I'm not handy at all. I will gladly call someone to fix whatever because I'm not going to use tools. But I do understand enough to be able to say different tools for different projects. And, you know, you wouldn't use a screwdriver when you need a hammer. So you do know a little bit about tools, <laughs> but you know, the thing that I constantly, I see showing up for people that come into, into my world. I work with people with hormonal issues and autoimmunity, people that are, that are, that are busy. They're also mostly moms and they have jobs and, and families and they're tired. Fatigue is a big part of autoimmunity. And so, you know, we're, they're creating this extra to-do list of, of things that they have to do when they're already tired, when they already have all the other things. And rather than just, you know, taking what they're already doing, eating food and refining it, we're adding this extra layer, this extra, this extra thing that's like sucking mental, mental energy. It's sucking time. It's sucking all the things. And they're having to think about this thing rather than just putting the focus on what would change if we literally just rearranged our plate. What would change if we actually sat down and, and ate a meal and chewed our food and we're, we're with our family versus now I have to get out my food scale, which by the way, I think food scales are really powerful for understanding portions. Um, mm-hmm. Just want to be clear on that, but getting out a food scale and getting out, you know, a calculator and, you know, spreadsheets and all these things in order to, to figure it out. I think that that's not always the best, the best tool for that. And it discourages people from getting started on their health journey. Right. They're like, I'm tired. I don't have any time for this. So I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I remember full transparency when I first started coaching, I learned how to coach through macros. And so if somebody came to me and they (laughs) they didn't know what to do with macros, I was like, well, that's kind of what I utilize with clients. Right. So at the time when I first started, I didn't have many other tools to utilize which thankfully over the years, I've been able to learn lots of different things depending on the client and where they're at and what they need. But I think it's really interesting too how I do believe there is some form of macro tracking or food awareness that needs to be cultivated before we even start to kind of just pay attention to the body alone, right? So if you are somebody who has never tracked macros, you've tried intuitive eating and you're like, I don't really get like how this works for me. I think that you still need to understand how to build a balanced plate, how to have awareness around the foods that are on your plate before you can be successful with intuitive eating, right? And so the 
trajectory that I take with most of my clients is we track, create some food awareness, whether it's through macros or just kind of portions or balanced plates. And then we move into more of like intuitive, well, we do it simultaneously, but then we, we shy away from the tracking and we move more into like intuitive eating skills, right? So the fullness, the hunger cues and those kinds of things to help us monitor, monitor and be able to adjust how we're eating based on what the body's saying. But we have to regulate the body first before we can do that. Yes. And I do something similar, but the, where I'll differ there is that I don't feel like like eating slowly and in fullness cues, I don't feel like those are intuitive eating behaviors. I feel like those are just like elements of, of, of good health and and solid, solid eating that gets skipped over in a world where we're going through drive-thrus. Yeah. And you know, everything is like fast and now, and you have toddlers throwing your phone on the floor. He's not even a toddler. He's not even a year old yet, but, but, but yeah, looking at it as like, you know, one, one conversation that I had with a client the other day is I won't ever tell you, you can't have something ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that she was sharing is that she really enjoys going to get Frappuccinos from Starbucks with her teenagers, which is interesting because my teenagers have recently gotten into sugary coffee drinks as well. So I under, I understand, I understand her sentiment there, but you know, from her perspective, like some of the things that we're working through are energy crashes and yes, yes, weight loss. And so we're not actually actively tracking macros. We're working on like balanced plates and and things like that. And so we were talking about how to balance that, that afternoon treat. And so, you know, it, part of tracking macros is understanding how we can refine it because for a lot of people, you go through a drive-thru at Starbucks and you're like, oh, that looks really fun. But, you know, if you were tracking macros and you put that in, you'd be like, holy cow, this is 1200 calories and a crap ton of sugar. So -hmm. there is value in, in understanding things like that. And I think, um, I think going back to extremes, like really focusing on, we can only have our numbers a certain way is one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum is like, oh, I can have whatever I want. Um, There's that piece as well. And it's, it's not like, yes, you can have whatever you want, but what are your goals? Like, what do you hope to accomplish from that? So I'm not going to tell you, you can't have the Frappuccino, but we do need to check in. Like, do I know what's in that? How do those ingredients, what that's made up of line up with my goals? And, you know, there might be things where we have to say, okay, there's a trade-off where we do need to modify And so understanding what our food is made up of is a really powerful skill to be, this is how I can move through this and make empowered choices of how I am going to modify that. So, you know, are you going to have black coffee or are we going to cut down the Frappuccinos to one, one day a week? What does that look like? So I think that that information is important as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's like not restriction and it's not telling people they can or cannot eat, but it's allowing them to understand how, how your body responds to this food, right? Like how your body is taking in this amount of sugar, how maybe the dairy makes you feel right. Like, and being attentive to that, right. That's, that's part of allowing your body to communicate back with you, right. If you are running to the bathroom after eating something like that's clearly a sign that your body does not like that. Right. And so being mindful about those kinds of foods and helping your body and working with your body to allow for that to kind of make sense for you. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I think that the, important thing here is like really understanding your choices and how you can make the best choice for yourself. Absolutely. Yep. 
And again, like you can utilize some mixture of macro tracking as well as some health focused behaviors and all of that can fit together. Unfortunately, in a society where there is polarity, we often are being influenced by one way or the other. And it has to be this way or that way where we can land in the middle. And the middle is where Natalie and I love to hang out, which is why this conversation falls under a little bit of taboo because it's the conversation that people are not having. So I love this discussion. I think that this is going to be super helpful for people who are seasoned macro trackers, for people who are new to macro tracking. And yeah, just really excited to hear how you guys find the value within this and how you're able to apply this to your own life. 